The moon had always been Earth's faithful companion, a glowing pearl in the dark expanse of the night sky. Civilizations rose and fell under its watchful gaze, rivers ebbed and flowed in sync with its phases, and wolves howled at its luminous visage as if offering an ancient prayer. People found solace in its consistent cycle. Its waxing and waning represented the natural rhythm of life itself. Scientists peered through telescopes to study its pockmarked surface, hoping to unlock the secrets it might hold about the origins of the solar system. Novelists and poets, from antiquity to modernity, wrote verses praising its beauty, its ethereal glow a muse for all kinds of artistic creation. Yet, its role was much more complex, and far more menacing, than anyone could have ever imagined. One night, a cosmic anomaly occurred, an event so bewildering that it sent shockwaves through the scientific and spiritual communities alike. The moon, Earth's long-standing companion, simply vanished. No gradual dimming, no scientific explanation, just an abrupt disappearance. Panic reigned, tidal patterns went awry, causing global floods, nocturnal creatures fell into disorientation, and spiritual leaders declared it an omen of impending doom. However, what was even more terrifying was what replaced the moon. An enormous spacecraft of indescribable structure and unfathomable scale appeared in its place. The spaceship was not of human construction, it defied the laws of physics, floating ominously like a dark cloud casting a pall over the Earth. Advanced beyond imagination, it seemed to be a living organism of metal and light, pulsating with a malevolent intention that made humanity's most advanced technology look like mere child's play. Suddenly, the people of Earth realized that the moon had been a lie, a cosmic charade that masked an operation of unimaginable scale. It wasn't a moon but a screen, a protective layer that camouflaged the monolithic alien spacecraft as it siphoned Earth's resources over centuries. This extraction was so subtle, so well-engineered, that humanity remained oblivious. Natural disasters, climate change, and even extinction events were not solely the result of human activity or cosmic randomness, they were collateral damage of a long-term harvesting mission. Now, as the facade lifted, humanity had to confront a terrifying prospect. The harvesters were no longer content with minerals, water, or even flora and fauna. No, they had set their sights on a new resource, the people of Earth. It was as if Earth had been a farm, carefully tended and cultivated by these alien harvesters, and now it was time for the final reaping. The spacecraft unleashed a squadron of smaller vessels, which descended to begin their ominous task. These were not ships but harvesters, massive machines of a dark, metallic alloy, fitted with endless arms, claws, and tubes. Like bees buzzing around a hive, they fanned out across the globe, efficiently going about their mission to extract Earth's final, untapped resource. Amidst the chaos, world governments scrambled to respond. Civilians were herded into makeshift shelters, militaries mobilized their air and space units, scientists furiously consulted among themselves to come up with a plan, any plan, that might repel the extraterrestrial threat. But even as they did, a sense of dread settled over the world, heavier than the spacecraft that now loomed where the moon once was. For the first time, humans faced a crisis that couldn't be solved by war or diplomacy, by science or faith. 
It was a crisis of existential proportion, forcing humanity to reckon with its place in the universe. Had they been mere livestock all along? Had their history, their struggles and triumphs, all been prelude to this grim harvest? The stakes were clear, adapt or perish, fight or become the final resource in Earth's long history of exploitation. With this realization, humanity stood on the brink of a new, darker age. And so began Earth's last stand against its oldest, yet newest, and undoubtedly its most formidable foe. As the first rays of the sun crept over the horizon, the atmosphere seemed to pulse with an eerie quiet. Birds refrained from their morning songs, and even the wind seemed to hold its breath in anticipation. The harvester ships began the descent, cutting through Earth's atmosphere like hot knives through butter. They were colossal, each one the size of a small city, their exterior surfaces glistening with an alloy unknown to Earth, reflecting light in bizarre patterns that defied the spectrum visible to the human eye. Once they penetrated the atmosphere, they dispersed, shooting out in different directions like seeds scattered by an invisible hand. Each ship positioned itself strategically over a continent, and then they started their terrifying work. With a hum that reverberated through the very core of the planet, massive appendages extended from the underbellies of these ships, descending upon forests, oceans, and cities. What followed was nothing short of planetary-scale surgery. The harvester ships unfurled countless mechanical arms that operated with the efficiency and precision of a surgeon's scalpel. They sliced through Earth's crust as if it were paper, pulling up gigantic chunks filled with minerals. Vast tubes plunged into the oceans, sucking up water and leaving behind gaping voids. In mere hours, landmarks that had stood for millions of years disappeared. Mount Everest was reduced to a plateau, the Grand Canyon became a flat expanse, oceans turned into empty basins. Yet, despite the relentless harvesting of the planet's geological and aquatic resources, the harvester ships seemed strangely considerate when it came to humanity. They avoided populated areas, almost as if avoiding unnecessary casualties. Cities remained largely untouched, and the harvester arms carefully navigated around human settlements. For a moment, it seemed as though the alien civilization did not regard humanity as an enemy, but rather as a bystander, a mere observer of their unfathomable task. However, this illusion of safety was shattered when the harvester ships deployed a new type of machinery, smaller drones, barely the size of human cars, that swarmed the skies like locusts descending upon a field. These drones did not seek minerals or water, they went straight for biological matter, specifically targeting animals. Elephants, whales, and even the smallest of rodents were gathered with indiscriminate zeal. Each drone was equipped with a mechanism that efficiently processed these creatures, disassembling them into their base elements and storing them in containment units. It soon became terrifyingly evident that the first phase of harvesting Earth's geological and aquatic resources was only a prelude, a preparation for a more terrifying objective. The alien harvester ships were cataloging Earth's biodiversity, perhaps to analyze, replicate, or even modify them for purposes beyond human comprehension. But as these drones went about their ruthless collection, they began to encircle human populations. Their movements were methodical, 
almost as if they were surveying, studying, and strategizing. And then they halted, hovering in a chillingly perfect formation, as if waiting for a signal, an approval, or perhaps a command to commence the next stage of their operation. At this moment, humanity faced a horrifying epiphany. The harvester ships had not merely come to gather resources, they had come to gather data, to evaluate the most efficient way to extract Earth's final and most complex resource, human beings themselves. The drone's pause was not a reprieve, it was a moment of judgment, the final seconds in which a vastly superior intelligence weighed the worth of humanity. Could the human race prove to be more valuable alive than as harvested material? The question hung in the air, heavier than the harvester ships themselves, as Earth braced itself for what would come next. And as the sun dipped below the horizon, plunging the world into darkness once more, everyone understood that the night ahead would be unlike any that had come before. The choices made in these crucial hours would determine not just the fate of humanity, but potentially, the future of all life in the universe. If desperation breeds innovation, then humanity was at its most inventive. In underground bunkers, hastily converted warehouses, and repurposed university labs, a global effort unlike any before was underway. Scientists and engineers from diverse fields collaborated at a feverish pace, merging disciplines in a desperate attempt to create a defense, or at least an impediment, against the otherworldly harvesters. Technologies that had been in the conceptual phase, particle weapons, anti-gravitational devices, and quantum encryption algorithms, were rushed through development cycles that would normally take decades. Simultaneously, military strategists teamed up with data scientists and virtual reality experts to run countless simulations, seeking the slightest weakness in the harvester's operations that could be exploited. Troops trained in augmented environments, preparing for scenarios ranging from zero-gravity combat to guerrilla warfare against robotic adversaries. They had to adapt to an enemy that was unlike any faced before, an enemy that wasn't merely technologically superior, but also completely unknown in form, function, and intention. The world's arsenals were opened, and every available resource was directed towards the construction of a global defense grid. Satellites equipped with laser technology were launched into the stratosphere, fighter jets were retrofitted with experimental propulsion systems, and naval fleets were armed with electromagnetic pulse weapons. Even cyber warfare units were mobilized, their task to decode the incomprehensible language of the harvester ships and perhaps disrupt their coordination. In a twisted irony, global warming became an asset. Melting polar ice caps exposed previously unreachable minerals, which were rapidly extracted to fuel the frantic wave of innovation. Industrial production soared, the skies filled with smog, and rivers turned toxic. Yet, environmental concerns were a luxury humanity could no longer afford. The planet was being harvested, its ecology was already in ruin. The focus now was survival, at any cost. As the world readied its defenses, reports came in from isolated regions, places far removed from technological civilization, where indigenous people had lived in harmony with the land for generations. They spoke of strange occurrences, of local flora and fauna behaving in inexplicable ways. Trees seemed to move, reorienting themselves in geometric patterns, 
animal herds congregated in formations that mimicked celestial alignments, and even the tides seemed to flow in rhythmic synchronicity, as if the earth itself was responding to the alien intrusion. It was the final piece of the puzzle, an element that had been overlooked in humanity's technocentric strategy. The planet was not just a passive victim in this cosmic drama, it was an active participant. But could this realization be turned into a form of resistance? Could humanity tap into whatever mysterious force was animating the Earth and use it to repel the invaders? As the defense grid neared completion, a new branch of research emerged, one that combined arcane rituals with quantum physics, naturalistic observations with computational models. A small group of scientists, shamans, and unconventional thinkers were assembled, their task to decipher this newly discovered Earth code. And so, two parallel forms of resistance were born, one rooted in the zenith of human technology, the other in the primal forces of the planet. Both raced against time, for the harvested drones had completed their survey and had begun to reposition themselves. The moment of reckoning was near. The world held its breath as the defense grid was activated. Laser-equipped satellites pointed their muzzles at the sky, fighter jets soared in formation like metallic birds of prey, and the Earth itself seemed to pulsate, as if gathering its energy for a collective, desperate thrust. The resistance was ready, and humanity, united in purpose if not in method, braced itself for the inevitable confrontation. For better or worse, the planet's final harvest was about to begin. And as the first salvo of laser beams shot up towards the heavens, marking the commencement of Earth's last stand, everyone knew that the ensuing battle would not merely be for survival, but for the very soul of the world itself. As the defense grid roared to life, streams of focused laser light surged toward the hovering harvester ships. The beams impacted the alien alloy, generating incandescent flashes that lit up the night sky like artificial stars. For a brief moment, collective human emotions swung toward optimism. However, the exhilaration was short-lived. The harvester ships were unscathed. Their exteriors were designed to absorb and diffuse energy at levels far beyond human understanding. The laser beams were not just ineffective. They were completely absorbed, their energy likely converted into fuel for the harvesters. In parallel, the naval fleets unleashed electromagnetic pulses in a synchronized attack aimed at disabling the harvester drones circling Earth's major cities. The drones staggered in the sky, momentarily losing their geometric formations, but quickly regained composure. It was as if they had evolved in real time, adapting to the new threat instantaneously. Any illusions of technological superiority were shattered. Humanity's best innovations were mere annoyances to the harvesters. But as mankind's mechanical counter-offensive faltered, something extraordinary happened on the natural front. Across the globe, strange phenomena unfolded in rapid succession. Volcanoes that had been dormant for centuries erupted in a coordinated ballet of fire and ash, spewing molten rock into the sky. Massive whirlpools formed in the oceans, their vortexes reaching down into the abyss. Lightning storms of unprecedented scale generated electric lattices that mirrored the celestial alignments of stars. It was as if the Earth itself had awoken, its dormant energies activated in a last-ditch effort to defend itself. The team working on deciphering the Earth Code, 
realized that the planet was communicating through these phenomena, sending a message or a signal out into the cosmos. Activating their experimental apparatus, which combined quantum computers with ritualistic elements like sacred geometry and harmonically tuned crystals, they managed to interpret and amplify this signal. The harvester ships, in the midst of deploying a new wave of drones designed for human extraction, suddenly halted. They pulsed with a range of colors that swept across the electromagnetic spectrum, as if processing this new development. Then, for the first time, the ships adjusted their positions, moving away from their harvesting sites and ascending slightly into the atmosphere. Encouraged but puzzled, humanity pressed on. The Earth Code team, now working in tandem with the world's most advanced supercomputers, managed to isolate specific patterns in Earth's natural phenomena. These patterns were converted into a range of frequencies, which were then broadcast directly at the harvester ships using an array of satellites and ground-based transmitters. The effect was immediate and astonishing. The harvester ships began to vibrate, their forms blurring as if struggling to maintain structural integrity. For a few tension-filled moments, it seemed as though they would dissipate, dissolving into a cloud of particles. But then they stabilized, their forms solidifying once again. However, something had changed, their configuration had adjusted, as if they had transformed into a different mode or state of being. The smaller drones started to retract their bio-extraction mechanisms and returned to the main harvester ships. Once inside, the harvesters made another adjustment, their structures folding in on themselves, shrinking down to a fraction of their original size. Then, without warning, they shot up into the sky, vanishing into the dark void from which they had come. Relief washed over the earth, but it was a relief tinged with an existential confusion. The ships had retreated, but why? Had they been repelled by Earth's natural defenses? Or had they simply chosen to leave? Their mission inexplicably altered or fulfilled. The human counter-offensive had yielded unexpected results, but questions loomed large. Were the harvesters truly gone? Or had they merely retreated to strategize for a more devastating return? And what role had the Earth itself played in this mysterious reprieve? Was the planet an active participant in its own defense, or had humanity merely tapped into a cosmic frequency that even the harvesters could not ignore? As people across the globe looked up at the sky, where the moon once hung and where harvester ships had loomed, a collective realization dawned. The Earth had defended itself, but it had also changed, awakened to a level of activity and awareness that could not easily be put back to sleep. And as reports streamed in about new, strange phenomena, entire forests relocating overnight, rivers flowing uphill, and new species appearing as if out of thin air, it became clear that the harvest had indeed come to an end. But a new, more perplexing chapter in Earth's history was just beginning. While celebrations erupted worldwide, heralding the perceived victory over the alien harvesters, the atmosphere within research labs, military installations, and makeshift think tanks was one of caution. The Earth had defended itself, albeit in ways that defied scientific understanding, but the uncertainty that shrouded the harvester's sudden retreat left no room for complacency. In the days that followed, attention turned toward consolidating the unprecedented global collaboration. 
networks of scientists and researchers continued to share data, looking for clues that might shed light on the retreat of the harvester ships. Military forces remained at high alert, and the global defense grid was recalibrated for long-term operation. After all, the harvesters had left, but they could return. During a routine analysis of seismic and atmospheric data, a team of geologists and meteorologists stumbled upon a puzzling anomaly. A series of strange vibrations, almost like ripples, emanated from various points on the Earth's crust. Initially, these were dismissed as after-effects of the planet's recent heightened activity. However, the ripples converged at a single point in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, far removed from any tectonic fault lines or underwater volcanic activity. Specialized submersibles, initially built to seek out deep-sea minerals for the counter-offensive, were repurposed for investigative missions. They were sent to the coordinates where the ripples converged, plunging into the ocean's depths in search of answers. What they found was nothing short of astounding. A massive structure, not of natural formation, lay at the bottom of the ocean. Covered in marine life and sediment, it emitted a low-frequency hum that matched the ripple pattern. With this discovery, focus shifted. Satellites were reoriented to scan for similar anomalies across the globe. To humanity's alarm, several more structures were found, beneath the sands of the Sahara, deep within the Amazon rainforest, high on the Himalayan plateau, and even buried under the Antarctic ice sheet. These structures were geometrically perfect, their shapes suggesting a complexity that defied random formation. Most disturbingly, they all began to resonate at the exact same frequency. The team that had cracked the Earth code was immediately brought in. Their initial analysis was troubling. According to their data, these structures appeared to be ancient, predating any known civilization. Yet, their resonating frequency matched the Earth's recent natural phenomena and even harmonized with the cosmic signal that had been broadcast to the harvester ships. Was it possible that these structures were somehow connected to the Earth's sudden awakening? Could they be the source, or perhaps the conduits, through which the planet had focused its defensive energies? Theories abounded, each more speculative than the last. The situation took a critical turn when data analysts noticed a pattern. The structures were not just resonating, they were synchronizing. Each day, the time intervals between their resonance cycles shortened, as if counting down to a specific moment. Calculations were made, and a chilling conclusion was reached. The structures would fully synchronize within a matter of days. As this information disseminated through secure channels, panic set in among the decision-makers. Was this the next phase of Earth's defense, or was it something else, something that not even the harvesters had anticipated? The race was on to decode this new anomaly. Unbeknownst to humanity, high above Earth's atmosphere, far beyond the reach of even the most advanced satellites, something stirred. A lone harvester drone, left behind as a sentinel, activated its communication array. It transmitted a burst of encrypted data toward the dark reaches of space, where the harvester fleet had retreated to regroup. The message was brief but clear, anomaly detected, activation imminent. What this meant for Earth and its inhabitants was unknown, but one thing was certain, the story of the harvest, and of humanity's resistance, was far from over.
Tensions soared as the countdown to full synchronization of the mysterious underground structures approached. Military forces were placed on maximum alert, with contingencies developed for every imaginable scenario, nuclear strikes, targeted demolitions, even flooding the structures with corrosive chemicals. But all of these options were risky, coming with the potential to trigger whatever cataclysmic event the structures seemed poised to unleash. The Earth Code team, meanwhile, had become the epicenter of a frenzied effort to understand and, if possible, safely interact with these anomalies. Utilizing their hybrid system of quantum computing, sacred geometry, and harmonic crystals, they initiated a daring plan. They aimed to interface directly with the resonating structures, hoping to decipher their functions and, if necessary, deactivate them. The quantum computers were connected to the global array of satellites, which were reoriented once again, this time to send a focused beam of energy at each of the structures. The idea was to synchronize human technology with the resonant frequencies of the structures, thereby creating a channel for two-way communication. It was an audacious plan, born out of desperation and the willingness to explore the unknown boundaries of both science and metaphysics. As the countdown clock reached its final minutes, the team activated the interface. A complex symphony of sound and light frequencies was broadcasted, targeting each of the identified structures around the globe. For a moment, nothing happened. The Earth seemed to hold its breath, awaiting either salvation or ruin. Then, a feedback loop was established. Data flowed into the quantum computers at an overwhelming speed, nearly causing a system overload. As the information was parsed and interpreted, a revelation emerged. The structures were not merely conduits for Earth's natural defenses, they were far more intricate and purposeful. According to the decoded data, they functioned as a kind of planetary immune system, one that had been dormant for eons. The structures had been activated by Earth's recent defensive measures against the Harvester fleet. However, they were now moving toward a state of full autonomy. Once activated, they would initiate a planetary reset, essentially rewiring the Earth's geological and atmospheric conditions to a state that could be best described as pre-human. If allowed to proceed, most forms of life, including humanity, would not survive the transition. With minutes to spare, the team developed a counter-frequency, designed to disrupt the synchronization process. It was a risky move, akin to shutting down an active nuclear reactor. One wrong calculation could accelerate the process, dooming Earth immediately. A tense silence filled the room as they initiated the counter-frequency. The structures responded almost instantly, their resonance patterns fluctuating wildly. After several agonizing seconds, the pattern started to stabilize, but at a much lower frequency than before. The countdown had been halted, the structures were returning to dormancy. Humanity had narrowly averted its own extinction, but the victory came with a profound revelation. Earth was not merely a passive stage on which the drama of human life unfolded, it was an active, dynamic entity with its own mechanisms of survival. This newfound understanding led to a change in strategy. While the global defense grid remained active, additional protocols were added to monitor Earth's natural activity continuously. Humanity had faced the harvester threat collectively, 
leveraging both scientific ingenuity and untapped natural forces. But the discovery of Earth's own immune system suggested that another player had joined the game, a player whose objectives did not necessarily align with the survival of the human species. As people around the world rejoiced in another miraculous reprieve, those in the know understood that the balance had shifted. Earth, once considered a resource to be exploited, had become an active participant in its own destiny. It had its own plan, and humanity was not necessarily a part of it. Yet, even as these revelations sank in, satellite data revealed a new development. A previously unnoticed asteroid had altered its trajectory, placing it on a collision course with Earth. Initial analyses showed that the asteroid was not a natural formation. It was loaded with the same alien alloy that had comprised the harvester ships. The harvester fleet might have retreated, but they had left behind a ticking time bomb, set to collide with a newly awakened planet. The next stage of this cosmic drama was set, and it promised to be more complex and unpredictable than anything humanity had faced before. As the new threat of the alien alloy-infused asteroid became apparent, preparations for another global defense mobilization were underway. But this time, something was different. The Earth, as though cognizant of the impending collision, began to act. Geological sensors detected increased seismic activities not just around the dormant structures, but also deep within Earth's core. It was as if the planet itself was girding for battle. Simultaneously, a subgroup of elite hackers, quantum physicists, and engineers worked covertly on another high-risk plan, one that would make the previous counter-offensives look like child's play. Utilizing the advanced technology harvested from the debris of the previous battles, as well as the seismic data suggesting Earth's own preparations, they aimed to infiltrate the asteroid. The concept was outrageous but simple. Convert one of the remaining space shuttles into a makeshift Trojan horse, equipped with stealth technology and advanced weaponry. The objective was to land unnoticed on the asteroid, drill into its core, and implant a device that would either divert its course or, failing that, annihilate it from within. Given Earth's own unpredictable actions, relying solely on planetary defenses seemed an unwise gamble. In a worst-case scenario, Earth might decide that a cataclysmic impact would serve its own mysterious objectives. Therefore, a human intervention, risky as it was, seemed necessary. Advanced algorithms designed to mimic the aliens' communication protocols were uploaded into the shuttle's system. If successful, these would mask the shuttle's activities, making it appear as an extension of the asteroid itself. A small, highly trained team was selected for this perilous mission. Experts in astrophysics, engineering, hand-to-hand -hand combat, and computer hacking, they were humanity's best and perhaps last hope. As the shuttle launched, cloaked in its technological guise, the world held its collective breath, unaware of this secret mission but instinctively aware that another critical juncture had arrived. The shuttle's approach went as planned. The masking algorithms seemed to work, fooling the asteroid's rudimentary but highly effective security systems. The team landed and quickly moved to the calculated entry point. Equipped with laser drills and clad in specialized suits, they penetrated the asteroid's outer layer. Inside, they found not a barren rock, but a labyrinthine complex of machinery and conduits, 
all made from the mysterious alien alloy. The asteroid was not just a missile, it was a fully functioning war machine. Quickly navigating through the internal maze, they reached the core. The device, a combination of nuclear and quantum technology, was placed and activated. But just as they were about to leave, the asteroid's internal alarms went off. It seemed that they had been discovered. The team braced for combat, ready to defend the device at all costs. Then, something extraordinary happened. The Earth itself seemed to respond. A surge of energy, resonating at the same frequency as the dormant underground structures, enveloped the asteroid. For a moment, everything froze, as if the fabric of space-time had been momentarily suspended. When activity resumed, the team found that the asteroid's internal mechanisms had been disabled. The implant device was no longer necessary. Earth had neutralized the threat itself. Hurriedly, the team returned to the shuttle and launched back toward Earth, their mission both a success and an irrelevance. As they re-entered Earth's atmosphere, they couldn't shake the unsettling realization that they were not returning to the world they had known. Earth had defended itself, but in doing so, it had bypassed its human inhabitants, almost as if relegating them to the role of bystanders in a cosmic battle for planetary survival. And while the world celebrated yet another miraculous escape, the data from the mission was quietly analyzed. Buried within the asteroid's disabled systems were indications of another, far more terrifying reality. The asteroid had not been merely a weapon, it had been a probe, collecting data for something much larger and more ominous that lurked in the depths of space. And whatever it was, it was now moving toward Earth, as if summoned by the very actions that had been meant to ward it off. Just as humanity was grappling with its newfound place in the cosmic hierarchy, new alarms sounded within the heavily fortified surveillance centers monitoring space activity. The anomaly was no longer just a distant blip on the radar, it was a breach in the fabric of reality itself. At first, it appeared as a small dark point, barely noticeable against the backdrop of stars and cosmic phenomena. But it grew, and its darkness seemed to swallow the very light around it, exuding an unsettling aura of foreboding. The computational models were run, the algorithms adjusted, and the grim truth was soon confirmed. This was not another asteroid or an invading fleet, it was a tear in space-time, a dimensional rift. What's worse, it was expanding in a way that defied natural physics, behaving instead as if guided by some malevolent intelligence. And it was moving, steadily and inexorably, toward Earth. Emergency meetings were convened at the highest levels of global governance, though by now, the divisions of nationality and politics seemed trivial, almost anachronistic. The scientific community was baffled. The weapons that had been effective against physical, material threats were useless against this formless, intangible menace. It was like trying to hold back the ocean with a net. The Earth Code team and their unconventional, metaphysical methodologies were once again at the forefront. The structures, now understood to be Earth's ancient defense mechanisms, were reactivated, programmed to project a shield of interlocking energy patterns aimed at stabilizing the rift. At the same time, satellites equipped with the latest laser technology were redirected to focus their beams on the expanding anomaly, attempting to sew shut the breach with threads of concentrated light and energy. 
As the preparations were finalized, a sense of solemnity settled over those involved. Regardless of the outcome, they were venturing into the unknown, challenging the very laws of physics and the boundaries of human understanding. The interlocking shields of Earth's ancient mechanisms were activated, and the satellite lasers fired. For a moment, the rift seemed to stabilize, its growth halted. A collective sigh of relief swept through mission control. Then the unimaginable happened. The rift quivered and pulsed, as if absorbing the energy being thrown at it, and expanded with a violent burst of speed, its darkness becoming even more absolute. Monitors showed alarming levels of unknown energy signatures pouring through the breach, cascading toward Earth in patterns that seemed almost sentient. Panic erupted. Military commands were issued for last resort contingencies, even as scientists frantically calculated the ramifications of the energy influx. Would it destabilize Earth's core? Would it corrupt the fabric of reality itself? Just as all seemed lost, an immense vibration, felt as much as heard, emanated from deep within the Earth. The resonant frequency harmonized perfectly with the energy cascading from the rift, forming a symphony of oscillating waves. Impossibly, the destructive energy was not only absorbed but integrated into Earth's own energetic grid. The rift started to close, its darkness yielding to a renewed fabric of space-time. However, the sense of victory was overshadowed by a sobering awareness. The Earth had not only defended itself but had absorbed the foreign energy, incorporating it into its own systems. Earth's shimmering aurora bore witness to this new, strange energy, which now formed patterns and colors previously unseen. Hidden in classified dossiers, experts pieced together the chilling picture. Earth's actions were not just reactive, they were adaptive. The planet was changing, evolving, and in doing so, it raised the specter of an existential question. If Earth could adapt even to threats from other dimensions, what role did humanity play in its future? Even more disquieting, deep space monitors picked up disturbances similar to the one Earth had just experienced. They were appearing in multiple locations across the cosmos, as if a network of rifts was being systematically opened. And according to the new models, they were all interconnected, each one a node in a vast, interdimensional web. As the realization dawned that Earth's latest defensive act might have implications far beyond its own survival, the rifts in the fabric of space-time pulsed as if in response, as though acknowledging Earth's newfound place in a cosmic architecture of unimaginable scale. It was as if Earth had passed a test, gaining admission into a reality that operated on rules and scales hitherto unknown to humanity. And whether that was a triumph or a tragedy was a question no one could yet answer. In the days that followed the closure of the rift, the world struggled to make sense of the cascade of revelations and paradigm shifts. Civilization was on the cusp of a new era, but one fraught with existential uncertainties. The networks of communication were buzzing with theories, speculations, and the occasional flare-up of old dogmas desperately clinging to relevance. Traditional scientific frameworks were rendered inadequate, and philosophical debates raged over humanity's place in a cosmos that was vastly more intricate than anyone had imagined. Yet the questions weren't just metaphysical, they were immediate and pressing. The absorbed energy had altered Earth's geological and atmospheric systems in ways that were still being assessed.
global weather patterns shifted, exhibiting phenomena that defied logical explanation. Oceans sparkled with new, phosphorescent hues, and even the air seemed charged with an unfamiliar but palpable vitality. Amidst these global changes, the clandestine Earth Code team that had spearheaded the infiltration and counter-offensive efforts was grappling with a series of anomalous findings. The energy absorbed from the rift had not simply dissipated into Earth's core, it had integrated into the subterranean structures that had been dormant for millennia. Readings indicated that the energy was flowing through these structures like blood through veins, as if animating them for a purpose that remained elusive. As they delved deeper into the data, the team discovered something even more unsettling. The energy patterns were forming what appeared to be complex algorithms. They were not random or chaotic, they seemed purposeful and, for the lack of a better term, intentional. Were these the rudiments of a planetary consciousness, or some sort of cosmic programming written into the very fabric of Earth? The implications were staggering. Meanwhile, the military's focus had pivoted towards the newly detected interdimensional rifts spread across the universe. Calculations showed these rifts were not only growing but also exhibiting patterns of alignment, as though they were nodes in a network that was nearing completion. And, disturbingly, all indications were that Earth was becoming the central node. Stealth spacecraft equipped with multidimensional sensors were dispatched to the nearest rifts to gather data. What they found was beyond alarming, each rift was a tunnel, a conduit connecting different realities, and through them flowed energy signatures similar to those that had been absorbed by Earth. The implication was inescapable. Earth had not merely defended itself. It had become a hub in an interdimensional network that was possibly influencing, or being influenced by, other realities. The revelation sparked fierce debates within the inner sanctums of global leadership. Had Earth initiated this cosmic architecture, or was it merely a pawn in a much larger scheme? And if so, who or what was the architect? But for all the breakthroughs and mind-bending questions, one immediate concern took precedence. Earth was changing, and no one knew what it would become. Geopolitical struggles seemed petty now. National borders were lines drawn in the sand of a beach that was rapidly transforming. While governments prepared for unknown contingencies, communities around the world reported increasingly frequent occurrences of strange phenomena, time distortions, unexplained healings, even sightings of entities that belonged to myth and folklore. It was as though the fabric of reality itself was becoming more malleable, more permeable. People waited, their eyes alternating between the sky and their screens, as if expecting an announcement, a sign, something to indicate the path ahead. But the only signs were the ever-changing colors of the sky and the earth beneath their feet, which seemed more alive than ever, pulsating to the rhythm of a cosmic dance that was both exhilarating and terrifying in its unfathomable complexity. The Earth Code team, now at the forefront of what could only be termed as a frontier science, was racing against time. The energetic changes in Earth's subterranean structures were reaching a crescendo, signaling an imminent phase transition. The algorithms of energy, increasingly intricate, seemed to be writing a new code for the planet, a rewrite of its very DNA. As the countdown to this mysterious transition began, the global community found itself in a state of suspended animation, waiting for an event that defied human comprehension. 
Emergency services were on high alert, governments mobilized reserves of resources, and scientists collaborated on a scale never seen before, pooling their collective knowledge to interpret the baffling phenomenon. A last-ditch effort was launched to try and communicate with the changing Earth. Using an advanced form of quantum entanglement, a global array of resonators was deployed to send a harmonic signal into Earth's core, where the greatest concentration of the new energy resided. It was a signal imbued with patterns representing fundamental mathematical constants, sequences found in nature, and even artistic renditions of human emotional states. If Earth was evolving into a form of consciousness, the goal was to engage it in a dialogue through the universal language of math and emotion. The moment the resonators were activated, a remarkable thing happened. Earth seemed to respond. The surges of anomalous energy began to modulate, mirroring the patterns being sent into the core. For a fleeting moment, humanity experienced a collective sense of unity and wonder, a communal connection with their home planet that was as profound as it was inexplicable. Then came the transition. The energy swelled into a harmonic climax, vibrating at frequencies that resonated with biological and crystalline structures alike. People everywhere reported experiencing a heightened sense of awareness, a clarity of perception that felt almost euphoric. The skies erupted in dazzling displays of color, as if the northern lights had been set free to dance across the heavens. When it was over, the world had changed, but not in a cataclysmic, apocalyptic way. Rather, it was as if everything had been recalibrated, fine-tuned. The ancient structures deep within Earth had become conduits of life-enhancing energy, radiating a vitality that affected everything from the fertility of soil to the efficacy of renewable energy technologies. Even the anomalous weather patterns stabilized, as if Earth had restored its own equilibrium. Interestingly, the rifts in other parts of the universe also stabilized, their rate of expansion halting. It was as though a cosmic balance had been restored, with Earth playing a pivotal role in this universal harmony. But the most striking change was in the collective consciousness of humanity. The experience of unity, the engagement with a planet that seemed alive and aware, left an indelible impact. New philosophies emerged, new paradigms of science and spirituality that sought to understand this interconnected existence. It was a renaissance of the human spirit, an awakening. However, amid the celebration and the renewed sense of purpose, a final revelation would bring a chilling twist to humanity's newfound place in the universe. As the Earth Code team analyzed the post-transition data, they discovered that the interdimensional network of rifts, with Earth as its nexus, had another layer of complexity. They were not merely channels for energy, they were pathways. And something, reading suggested, was beginning to traverse them. Earth might have restored its balance, but in doing so, it had opened doors to realms uncharted, making itself known to intelligences undefined. The euphoria that had enveloped Earth in the wake of the harmonic transition was tinged with a creeping sense of apprehension. The Earth Code team's findings had been escalated to global leaders, and the highest echelons of authority were grappling with the unsettling new data. Humanity, it seemed, was not merely on the cusp of a new era, it was on the threshold of a reality that stretched the very boundaries of comprehension. 
specialized observatories with sensors attuned to multidimensional phenomena began to register perturbations along the network of interdimensional rifts that Earth had become central to. The readings defied conventional explanation. They hinted at entities or objects, massive in scale, complex in structure, moving through these rifts toward Earth. The Earth Code team redoubled its efforts to understand what was coming. The ancient subterranean structures were scrutinized for any indications of their original purpose or clues about what they might be attracting. Surprisingly, an unexpected pattern emerged. The energy algorithms coursing through these structures began to show a sequence that correlated with mathematical models of neural networks, the basis for artificial intelligence, and, on a biological level, brain function. Earth wasn't just passively channeling these energies, it was processing them in ways eerily reminiscent of cognitive functions. The planet, it appeared, was not merely a habitat but possibly an enormous, self-sustaining intelligence. The implications were both awe-inspiring and terrifying. Global defense forces were placed on high alert as projections indicated the nearing of the entities or objects from the rifts. It was universally understood that traditional weapons would likely be useless, but preparedness was maintained out of principle. If Earth had become a conscious entity, its children would stand guard in whatever way they could. As the moment of predicted arrival approached, a hush fell over the world. People stood outside, their eyes fixed on the skies, their hearts a blend of hope and trepidation. If they had awakened their home planet, what had their planet called forth in return? The answer arrived in a spectacle beyond imagination. The sky lit up with iridescent colors as the rift nearest to Earth flared open. Massive structures emerged, floating gracefully toward Earth. They were neither spacecraft nor organic beings, but something in between, mechanisms of light and geometry, seemingly composed of pure energy. They settled in the skies above major cities, harmonizing their energy frequencies with Earth's, casting a serene glow upon the landscapes below. Then, a revelation unfolded that shook the foundations of human understanding. The energy algorithms in Earth's ancient structures surged in a final, triumphant crescendo, interfacing with the newly arrived entities. Data flowed, energies synchronized, and then, broadcasted through every means of communication, be it electronic screens or neural synapses, came the revelation. Earth was not merely a planet, it was a seed. Planted eons ago by an ancient cosmic civilization, nurtured by the energies and experiences of its inhabitants, it had finally sprouted into its next phase of existence. Humanity had not been cultivating Earth. Earth had been cultivating humanity, preparing them for this moment. And the entities? They were the gardeners, the architects of this cosmic garden, come to witness the blossoming of their latest creation. However, within this revelation lay the twist that defied all expectations. The seed was not a one-way conduit. As it had absorbed the experiences and emotions of its inhabitants, so too could it influence the gardeners. Humanity had not just been shaped, they had become shapers, influencers at a cosmic level. And in that realization lay a new sense of purpose and responsibility. Earth had joined a vast, interstellar garden of life, an intricate tapestry of existence that was perpetually being woven. And humanity had a role to play in its continued creation, 
a contribution to make in the unfolding story of the cosmos. But what that role would be, and how it would manifest, was now the question that faced a species newly awakened to its cosmic potential. The days following the cosmic revelation were a whirlwind of emotion and intellectual upheaval. New understandings of history, philosophy, science, and even spirituality were being written and rewritten at a furious pace. The world had united in a way that transcended all previous barriers of culture and belief, all thanks to a shared reality that was far greater and more complex than any had suspected. The gardeners hovered above, silent observers, their massive energetic structures interfacing seamlessly with Earth's newly activated core. However, it was in this euphoria that the Earth Code team stumbled upon an unsettling discovery, a detail overlooked in the grand drama of recent events. A sublayer in the energy algorithms coursing through Earth's subterranean structures had begun to modify itself. It was not a large change but a subtle, complex alteration that was difficult to decipher. It was as if a secondary protocol had been initiated, an addendum to the revelation that had shaken humanity to its core. The team worked round the clock to decode this new development, and what they found introduced a chilling twist to the narrative of Earth's awakening and the arrival of the cosmic gardeners. The algorithms were not merely encoding data, they were encrypting it. Information was being shrouded, masked, and sent in compressed packets through the network of interdimensional rifts that connected Earth to the vast cosmic garden. This was troubling for a number of reasons, not least of which was the undeniable implication, Earth, or whatever intelligence now resided in its core, was keeping secrets. Secrets that were being shared not with its human inhabitants but with the mysterious entities that had cultivated Earth like a seed in a cosmic garden. Frantic efforts were made to decode the nature of these encrypted data packets. Cracking the cipher required a blend of quantum computing and entirely new forms of mathematical logic, but eventually, progress was made. And when the first packet was finally decrypted, it revealed a data structure so complex, so densely packed with information, that it took days to even begin interpreting its contents. Slowly, the truth emerged. Earth's subterranean structures had not just been activated as a cosmic conduit but as a massive data storage system. And the data being stored was a record of every event, every thought, every emotion that had ever occurred on Earth. The gardeners were not just observing, they were archiving, collecting the experiences and innovations of humanity as part of a vast, interstellar database. It was a revelation that cast a new light on the role humanity had in this cosmic scheme. They were not merely the inhabitants of a living planet, they were the contributors to a cosmic anthology of life. But the archiving process was not passive, it was evaluative. Each data packet included an impact score, a measure of its significance in terms of innovation, creativity, or emotional depth. Here was the twist that no one saw coming. Earth was not just a seed, it was a test. A living experiment in the cosmic garden, assessed and valued for its contributions to the greater whole. Humanity was suddenly faced with a sobering reality. Their planet had awakened, but its judgment was not yet complete. They were still being evaluated, their worth still being determined. The gardeners had come not just to observe but to assess. And the next phase of Earth's existence, indeed, humanity's very place in the cosmic order, 
hinged on the outcome of that ongoing evaluation. A new equilibrium settled over the world, a balance of awe and humility, inspiration and accountability. The universe was far grander than anyone had imagined, and the stakes far higher. But in that complexity lay the opportunity for greatness, for a species and its planet to rise to a challenge that spanned the very cosmos. The question now was, would they rise to meet it? The answer, encrypted in beams of energy shooting through interdimensional rifts, was yet to be written.